0: How we doing? Good morning, good morning. Are we good? Let's just take a second or two to just raise our expectation of what God wants to speak to us today. Can we do that? Let's have our hearts ready to hear from heaven. Let's lean into what He is saying through His Word by His Holy Spirit for your life. Do you know that God has something planned just He wants to speak to you. Amen. Would you join me? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together. We do not take it for granted that for 2,000 years you've been reaching people with the love of Jesus Christ. That same love, that same grace, that same empowerment of the Holy Spirit is present in the room. And for those that will lean in and listen, you're going to speak. Speak to our hearts. Speak to whatever storm that we might be in and silence it in Jesus' name. Whatever area we need to make a correction or a redirection, God, I think your grace is realigning us to God-given purpose and calling. God, we want more of you, less of us, more of Jesus. So speak to our hearts, Lord. We're ready. We're ready to listen, to obey, and to grow and become like Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And a faith-filled church says, amen. Amen. We welcome the men of Lansing Correctional Online. Everybody might be watching this, wherever this message finds you, we believe God wants to speak something good to you today. Awesome. Good to see you. Church, grab your seats. We're going to jump right in. It is Kingdom Crew Launch Sunday. How many have been in a group in our church? Come on, raise your hand. You're in a group. How many have never been in a group in our church? Come on, it's okay. Tell the truth. How many are going to keep their hands up right now that just raised your hand? Because you're going to be in a group this semester because you want God's best for your life. I wanna speak a little bit about the power of community, the power of getting in the right group with the right people. The right voices in your life will impact the choices of your life, and the choices that you make daily will determine the direction of your destiny and your purpose. Choices matter so much. This is why God's word is filled with truth about how to choose wisely, how to choose in a way that honors God, how to live a life that is built by Him. But the truth is, in this kingdom calling and the purpose of heaven for your life, you cannot accomplish the fullness of your in Christ potential in isolation. It requires team. It requires family. It requires a community of faith. And although we have a vibrant community of faith on Sunday mornings here at Kingdom City, amen? Amen. This is a place filled with life, there's actually a breakout from this gathering that the Bible shows us clearly in the book of Acts. The theology for our small gatherings is found in Acts chapter 2, where they gathered large together like we're doing right now, where they worship and they, they heard the word and they obeyed the word. But the Bible also says they went from that place and they went to house. They went to homes, they went to gatherings, they went to like the coffee shops of the day and they broke bread and they encouraged one another and they were people of prayer, they were people of generosity. And those kind of people, the Bible says, God did miracles through their life and God added to the church the number of people being saved every single day. See, the community that we keep can either keep us small or keep us walking on the path that God has destined and purposed for us. As we've been preaching through the Bible this year, we find ourselves today and tomorrow it's our last days in the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs has so much to say about the relational aspects of our life. What kind of people should not only we be, but what kind of people should we be around? And Let me just say this, if you are around the wrong people, you are limiting the potential of the purpose of God in your life. Every one of us can have a few relationships that maybe they're in a a difficult place or they're on a struggle. They're in in a, a difficult situation. There's nothing wrong with that. We should be there to help people, encourage people, love people, and serve people. But when it comes to making godly choices, you need a godly group. You are the CEO of your life. Ultimately, Jesus is king over everything, but you are the chief of making decisions. And you don't want to be in the boardroom all by yourself. God wants to put you in a circle of people of wisdom, people going in the same direction, people making God-honoring choices, people that love you enough to tell you the truth. Even when you don't want to hear it, it's what you need to hear. You need people speaking in your life. You need people to encourage you in times of struggle. And for us at Kingdom City Church, we do that in our our Kingdom Cruise. I think the Word of God goes out from this place in this moment as we're all sitting in rows, or maybe you're watching online. But I think the Word of God gets worked more into our life when we're circled up with a handful of people, really talking about what is God saying to us? What is God asking of us? What are we maybe even wrestling with? And so as we're in the book of Proverbs, which is this book of wisdom written by King Solomon, King Solomon, it's amazing, he wrote, he wrote uh, two books fully. Almost all of the Proverbs are written by him. He wrote the Song of Psalms. He wrote the Book of Ecclesiastes as well. But even some of the Psalms, in fact, the Bible says that he had over 3,000 wise sayings that people wrote down. He had a lot to say when it comes to wise deci- decisions and wise direction. But he also, the Bible says he wrote over 1,000 songs we, in Psalms 1, Psalms 10, Psalms 25. These are, these are things that Solomon wrote. In other words, he was not only wise in decision-making, he was, he was just filled with all sorts of things to share to the world. In fact, the Bible tells us about Solomon that he was the wisest man who had ever walked the earth. Now we know that now that we have Jesus 2,000 years ago, that the wisdom of Solomon pales in the wisdom of Jesus. But think about that statement. The wisest man to ever walk the earth. But if you read in 1 Kings 4 and 1 Kings 12, you see that he actually takes counsel. He actually has a group of people advising him. Friend, if the wisest man to ever live, who wrote books that have been canonized in scripture, that has written so much wisdom that we can learn from today, if he needed people to speak into his life, how many know you need people to speak in yours? You need someone to encourage you, direct you, correct you, stand with you in a struggle or a situation. Speak truth. It might even be uncomfortable to hear, but it's gonna help you in your calling and purpose. In fact, in his book, Proverbs, Proverbs 13, verse 20, he says, if you wanna get wise, get with the right people. If you wanna grow in wisdom, if you wanna grow in life, walk with the right people. Don't just know them, do life with them. It says, walk with the wise, become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. If you think about a harmful situation in your life, maybe a foolish decision that you made, it was probably set up because of the wrong people or no people speak in your life. There's something going on in your life that you didn't tell anybody, or you told people that didn't seem to care. You know, this isn't in the Bible, but there's a story, it's a fable, about the emperor with no clothes. He thinks he's getting the latest and greatest drip. He thinks that they've talked him into, this is the greatest thing, no one else can have what you have, but they actually give him nothing. He's walking around, completely exposed. He's walking around with confidence. Like, look at me, I've got everything everyone else would want, but he has nothing at all. Where in your life are you exposed? Because of the voices that you have been listening to or the voices you've pushed away? Where are you walking around like, oh, you've got it all figured out, but the truth is, you actually look foolish. And you might not see it in the moment, but you will see it moment by moment in the rest of your life if you're not with the right people, you will not go the right way. See, the company you keep can keep you on the right path, the righteous path, or it can keep you just reliving and recycling past mistakes, past struggles, and past setbacks. If you don't get wisdom and right people in your life, you will have a, another year just like the year before. Proverbs 12, verse 26 says, the righteous choose. Everyone say that word with me, say choose. They choose their relationships. They choose their friends. They don't just do it based upon proximity. They don't just based upon likability. They do it carefully. They carefully choose. But the ways of the wicked lead them off course. It leads them astray. If you're around the wrong people, you're gonna get the wrong result. But Solomon says, you might not come from very much, you might not have made a lot of wise decisions, but if you start walking with the right people today, tomorrow you'll have more wisdom. Maybe you don't know how to parent that well in this season. Maybe you didn't have that kind of voice in your life. Um, Maybe you've messed up a few times, but you start getting around the right people now. In the future, you're gonna be walking in wisdom. You're gonna be walking in the best. You're gonna be walking in understanding that you did not have in seasons before. So today I want to speak for the next few moments on the choices that you make when it comes to your relationship. I've just called it, choose your circle. You get to choose who's around you. We are born into families that we did not choose, but we are born again in a family of faith. And in this family of faith and in this spiritual community, we get to choose the kind of people that are in the boardroom of our life. People that get to speak into our life. And if you're the only one that makes all the decisions, if the only voice that you ever hold into account or that you listen to, friends, you're in isolation. And the Bible says when you're alone and isolated, you are raging against all wisdom. Literally means if you've chosen to go alone because you could do you all by yourself, that it won't go very well. In fact, you're fighting against the very thing that Michael will forge you into the person you're called to become for the God-given future that he has for you. You choose your circle. The truth is the greatest joy and the greatest pain both come from the same thing, relationships. The things that have hurt the most and the things that help the most both come from the same relational connection. And so this is why maybe we've gone through some heartache and some hardships, or maybe we just feel stuck in life. We might need to choose a different circle or the right voices in that circle. We might need to push out some problematic voices And bringing in some voices is gonna speak to our in Christ potential. You choose your circle. Proverbs 18, verse 24 says, the one who has unreliable friends. How many have got an unreliable friend? How many uh, thought they were gonna show up to help you move the couch yesterday and they were nowhere to be found? They left you on red. Unreliable friends will soon come to ruin. But there is a kind of friend. There is a kind of voice in your life. There's a kind of community that you can be around, what, that is closer than your kin, it's closer than your brother. I think in the kingdom of God, this is so vital, that when we're born again into this new family, that we get the right to choose, the opportunity to choose, the right voices and people headed in the right direction. And when we choose well, we will win. You won't win overnight, but as you start to walk with the wise, you start to wrestle out the things of God in the context of community, you will become more like Christ. This is how God chooses to grow us. Same verse, different translation says, there are friends who destroy. They aren't just unreliable, they actually hurt you. There might be some people that you thought were there to help you, but because they're not choosing God ways, not going God direction, they're actually gonna bring frustration or even failure into your life. That, might, that means there might be a moment, a, a problem, a crisis, Well, you're going to need someone to lean on, but if they don't have a faith focus, a God focus, a grace focus, a Jesus focus, then that's not going to be a reliable friend. That will actually be a person that will fall apart because you're trying to put weight on someone that doesn't have a foundation. We choose our circle, and friends at Kingdom City, we choose well. We choose people that speak life, that speak truth, that speak love, that speak encouragement. They can speak correction and redirection. We're going to choose people that help us become more like Jesus, because this kingdom of God, this kingdom life, it's a team sport. We do this thing together. I believe in this church that we don't talk about each other, we talk about Jesus to each other. That we don't think about the hierarchy of who's got it all figured out. No, we're all in this fight together for the future that God has for us individually, collectively, and as a church family. That when we see the world around us in our own city, in our own context, we're not just thinking about self like Jesus, we're thinking selflessly about how can we serve and secure more of God for Kansas City, more of God for our neighborhood, more of God for the people around us. We're people at Kingdom City that bear each other's burdens. And we're also people that are willing to risk in the relationship to speak something that might be uncomfortable to hear, but ultimately will produce change that leads them to life. You need to understand that circle management voice management, relationship management is life management. And if you're not managing well in life, you might be a voice or two that needs to go or a voice or two that needs to be added from not just managing to get by, but mastering life. Mastering in this life where we live for the glory of God. I think about when Jesus shows up and and meets the disciples. They aren't even disciples. At this time, Jesus is just meeting Meeting fishermen. In fact, if you want to see walk with the wise become wise, look at the life of the disciples as they became the apostles. In three years, they went from nobodies, even like Matthew, who was a hated person in that society and culture, to the ones that had the revelation about the kingdom of God. It's good news for those that maybe you didn't feel like you come from very much, that if you start walking with God and with wise people, God can use you for something so much greater than your old potential and purpose. You become everything you're called to be in Christ. But when Jesus shows up and sees Simon, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, they've been fishing all day, and he's been teaching on the shore. And they haven't caught a thing. They fished all night because that's what they did back then. And and Jesus says, hey, cast it out again. Put it on the other side of the boat this time. And and Peter's like, okay, you're the the carpenter, I guess teacher, but I'm the fisherman. But I'll, I'll go ahead and do what you say. I'll go ahead and give it a try. I'll amuse you and he had crazy success. Why, because he didn't do it the world's way. He did it God's way. He actually listened to Jesus and applied it. It says in Luke 5 that they had so much fish, they had to call their friends, other disciples. They had to come and and, and show up and help them. And the the amount of the catch was miraculous in nature. It was so great that they couldn't even carry it in their own boats, they began to sink. Do you know that your God When you start walking with right people and listening to his voice and making right decisions, want the things that you used to do that came up empty to start being so filled that you don't have enough room to contain it by yourself. You actually need friends to support you in the strength, in the blessing, (laughs) and the favor of God on your life. Understand this. When it comes to talking about choosing your circle, I am saying there are some people whose voices need to be turned down. There might be some voices that need to be on mute. There might be some relationships that are redefined. That doesn't mean that we dislike them. We just want to love God with all that we've got. We just wanna make sure that we're gonna fulfill our purpose. This is why we choose our circle. So we're gonna love all people. We're gonna value everyone and everyone because Jesus died for them has equal value, the value of Jesus. So we're gonna love all people, we're gonna value everyone equally, we're gonna treat everyone respectfully. But access to our hearts, access to our ear, access to our future, no, that's given selectively. It is not wrong to li- let people go out of that used to have a voice in your life. But it is wrong to never assess what's going on in your circle. The stuck season you might feel like you're in right now, or the empty season that you might feel right now, is probably because of wrong voices or no voices in your yesterday. So we put people in the right place. We, we choose our own circle. Jesus did this. That's all you need to know. We can just stop the sermon right there. That Jesus had levels to this thing. He loved the thousands and spoke to the multitudes, he even fed them and served them. People would follow him everywhere he went. He had 72 that he sent out to do ministry in the world around him. But he had 12 that he was with pretty much every day. And even in that 12, he had three. He three that were in his inner circle. Jesus, who was there to minister to the, the whole world, changed the whole world, had different levels of access to his inner world. Just a few that he brought really close. They were there for the mountaintop miracles like the Mount of Transfiguration. They were the same three that were invited to the moments of misery in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was modeling for us. Think about it. God incarnate was modeling community to us. The importance of relationships and people for the highs of life and for the lows of life. For the wins in life and for the the difficulties in life. So we could say to everyone, we love you but we might need to say, I'm not gonna do life like I've done it before with that kind of voice. My love for you is free and flows. My respect for you is there, but inner world access is something that is earned. How do they earn access? They they earn access by by actually having having growth in their life, going after God in their life. We're not talking about just people we're having fun with. We're talking about people that we feel like are gonna help us become more like Jesus in our future. And when we're talking about who gets interworld world access, it can't just be by our feelings or that we like the same things. Well, they like the Chiefs and I like the Chiefs. We're in Kansas City. Everyone likes the Chiefs. Well, they're kind of the same age as me. We kind of came to church at the same time. That's great. I love that. But that is not a, a qualifying factor for them being a friend of your future. They need to have fruit in their life. They didn't have some things going on uh, in right priority that you would want going on in your life. Not that we would covet what they want, but we should, they should have something, whether it's seen or unseen, something about the way they carry themselves, something about the way they speak life, something about the way they worship and honor God, something about the way they highlight the word and how they work that into their life that you should desire in your life as well. Because if we're just going by feelings, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all else. The enemy would love for you to be even on good people, people that are believers, but that maybe aren't there for the unlocking of your purpose and potential. And so in your boardroom of your life, you might need to have some layoffs and you might need to get in a hiring process of who you're allowing to hear from and who are you gonna to speak to as well. They earn access over time. Apostle Paul says this in Philippians chapter two, He talks about like really his protege, Timothy, and how valuable he is. It's amazing actually if you look at all the pastoral epistles that Paul wrote, at the end of them, he's always talking about the people that were there that helped him. Over and over again, he talks about the people that were there when he needed it the most. I mean, this is the Apostle Paul. To by him, we have this whole revelation of this new covenant life of what Jesus has done, justification by faith in Christ. Like, Paul knows that. Paul reveals that. And even Paul says, hey, I've got people that I needed in my world as well. And he talks about Timothy. He says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about the church, genuinely cares about other people, genuinely cares about your well He says, all the others only care about themselves. But you know how Timothy, what? He he proved himself. He has proven to be a person that cares about what Jesus is doing in the lives of other people. So what do you need to do from time to time? You just need to check the fruit of their life. Do they produce what you would want produced in you? Do they have what you would desire to have more of? I am not talking about stuff. I'm talking about attitudes and behaviors of the heart. You go to the supermarket and some of you are professional finding out which fruit is ripe. The cantaloupe, I think you give it a flick, I don't fully know. The avocado, to me that one is a divine mystery. They all feel rock hard, but people are kind of feeling, I like, know this one's gonna be ripe. What is it about avocados and bananas that literally they're like unripe, 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 spoiled? But when you're spending $9.99 for an avocado nowadays, you need to know that thing's gonna work for you. And so what do you do, you hold it, you, you inspect it to make sure it's gonna be usable. It's gonna be beneficial. It's gonna be something that you would actually want, and we do that in every season because just because they had fruit yesterday doesn't mean that they're gonna have the right kind of heart for the harvest of tomorrow. Just because they were there when you were down on it a few weeks ago or years ago, doesn't mean they're going to be the ones that you're called to walk to and do your future. And this might be inconvenient to say, but they might have been for you then, but as you've been growing in the things of God, they might not be for your future. And so I know it's a difficult conversation, but what's more difficult to say, and I'm not saying kick them out of your life, I'm saying you might just need to turn down the influence. Turn down the heart access. Because if I'm walking with someone that's no longer walking in wisdom, I don't want my life to fall apart. I've seen it time and again, even in my own life, but I've seen it time and again in the church where there's people that in one season were heading the right direction. And for whatever reason, normally the cares and concerns of this world, like Jesus talks about in the parable of the sower, it grows up with the fruit, grows up with the good stuff, and it chokes it out. They start caring way more about what other people think than actually being real and authentic as a believer. They start chasing after things that won't satisfy. Before you know it, where they used to produce back then, they don't produce anymore. Those kind of people should not, should not proceed into your future if they're not producing in their heart the things that you would desire. If you need a real life testimony of that from the Bible, you can look at the life of David and, and Saul. There was a time when, when it was beneficial, when it was a blessing. And it was a a friend of David's future, because King Saul, he he needed him. They were benefiting each other. In fact, if you know the story, like Saul battles with some demons, some depression, some, some issues. And there's a girl, just a servant in the kingdom, who says, I know a guy. I got a connection for you. I got a harp guy. Which, by the way, when I think of David the warrior defeating Goliath and chopping off his head, I don't think of a guy that can also just rock out on the harp. But says, I got a guy. And when David played, he was anointed. David played, he played and worshipped God. And the the enemy had to go when David was there. And Saul's like, this is my guy. I wanted to be one of my armor bearers. It's in 1 Samuel 16. He's a blessing to me. In fact, he says, I need him in my service. I need him to help serve me. I need him around me. I'm pleased with him. Make him one of my closest guys. That's chapter 16. In chapter 18, Saul throws a spear at him. Saul tries to kill him. Why, what happened? Chapter 17, David defeated Goliath. David starts to get some wins. David starts walking in his purpose and his calling. All of a sudden, the success of David is something that Saul can't stomach because he's insecure. Be wary of the people that are praising you when you're in your problems, but won't help promote you when you're rising up to your full potential. (laughs) Oh, and can we learn from that? That we would never be small-minded of the kings of our own little kingdom or the queens of our own little world that we can't find other people that might be winning and cheer them on because in the kingdom of God, everyone can win because God can do so much more exceedingly abundantly above as we're called according to his purpose and as we love him for everyone. But Saul liked David when David was just serving him and didn't feel competition to his insecurity. He liked him when David was serving, not when David was successful. When it comes to choosing your circle, some seasons are more significant than others. If you're in a struggle season, by the way, you don't just need someone to comfort and encourage you. That's helpful. You need someone to actually bring courage to you. That's really what encourage means. Encourage doesn't mean, hey, keep going. You're going to be all right. It literally means speaking to the potential of who they're going to be. Let me tell you, you do, by the name of Jesus and the power and authority, of Jesus in your life, by the the work of the Holy Spirit, by obeying the word, you do have what it takes to win in that season. That's what encouragement should look like. A big season, a pivotal season. You don't need a PlayStation friend. You don't need an Instagram friend. You need a get in your business kind of friend. You need someone, is that just there for the fun time? Someone there that will tell you the flat out truth or you'll be in a circle all by yourself are surrounded by people that don't want you to win. The greater the season of opportunity or opposition, the greater the investigation and the engagement of your circle. Who's in your circle? Who are you choosing? What used to be the qualifying factors in yesterday might not be the qualifying factors for the future that God has for you. Proverbs 12 says it this way, verse 26, the righteous choose their friends what? Carefully but the way of the wicked will lead you astray. So there's levels to this thing that you get to choose, and sometimes you gotta choose who you're going to lose. It's a difficult decision to make, but what's more difficult? Your life going astray? Your life falling apart? Someone who's not for your wife is not for your life. Someone who doesn't love on your kids, not for your future. Someone who will just uh, encourage you to do things that maybe are kind of half in, half out of what God would say. Someone that likes to live in the gray zone of God's word, not for your future. This thing is light. This thing gives us a path. This thing shows us how to live and how to live right with God. Will we do it perfect? Far from it. But you need people that says, no, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to say. This is what we're going to believe. And this is where we're going to go. 1 Corinthians 15 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. One translation adds every single time. Your one friend from high school is not the exception. If they're not living right, they can still be in your world, but they don't get in your inner, inner world. Bad company corrupts good character, good intention, good plans, God plans, get disqualified with the wrong people. The Bible says small foxes can destroy the fruit. It's the little things, the little attitudes, the little comments, the little things. And you just gotta be on watch. It's not that you're suspicious of everybody, but we're talking about your inner circle, the boardroom of your life. You can't allow small things to have too much of a voice. Let me give you a couple of, um, a couple of red flags when it comes to friends. Red flags for friends. The first one is this, they talk, they talk about others to you you know what that means? They're gonna talk to you, about you to others. If there is a time, listen, let me be very blunt. If they are talking about a problem or a perspective that someone else has to you and then don't give you an action plan about how they're gonna go help them, serve them, restore them, love them, they're praying for them, they're gossiping. And it is a little thing that might feel good. In fact, Proverbs has a lot to say. It's like a morsel on the ear. Oh, it's tasty but it's going to give you, truly, it's an appetite of destruction. And for some of you, that's just a warning shot across the bow for your own heart. Why do I feel like I gotta share when other people are struggling to other people that can do nothing about that situation? It is something that will cancel your calling in the future so quickly that I'm at the point now, 13 years into building this church, that I just don't tolerate it at all. Because I know not only will it do to a community, but what it will do to your life. And so hopefully you love your pastor. Liz and I, we love us enough. By the way, she preached a phenomenal word last week. I was so proud of her. We love you enough to tell you you've got to knock that off or you will not like where it leads you into your future. Red flags. So if they're talking to you about other people, you need to flag them and you might need to forget them. How about this one? They overlook your sin. Oh, getting real today, is that all right? They overlook your gray areas. They're okay with your reoccurring hangups. Hey, all of us are sinners in need of a savior. But if there's something that they know that is out of alignment with God's word, God's ways, and they tolerate it, friend, that is not a person that you should have close for very long. You know why? It's because they normally have their own thing going and they don't wanna deal with it either. Oh, you're good, no big deal. Let's just, not, you know, let's just try not to do it again. If they're soft on sin, then they will not tell you the hard things that you wanna hear. They are not helping you. The only thing they would be helping you doing is to have a hard life in your future. Proverbs 28 says it this way, whoever rebukes a person will end, in the end will gain favor, better than one that has a flattering tongue. I don't need my friends to tell me I look good when I have no clothes on. I need them to cover me. I need him to challenge me. I need him to tell me, Kyle, that's not God's best for you. You need someone that's not there to expose you, they're there to cover you, but they do it in love. Why, why? But the Bible says you might need a rebuke from time to time. Someone who turns a blind eye to your issues is not a friend, that's a fan and they will not help you get into your future. You're okay? Getting all sensitive on me today. Third one is this, if, if they can't be told what to do, they got it all figured out. They got figured out for their life, your life, everyone else's life. They're not teachable. If they're not teachable, they're not trustable because they're not humble. There's an avenue of grace that is cut off on their life. I promise you this, 13 years into leading this church, I, I think I actually have learned a lot And I think I actually know less than I thought I knew back then. It's one thing you know with walking with God for a long season and being around the right people is that you never stop learning and you never stop growing. And there's always an opportunity to gain more understanding of the ways of God and how to work them into your life. If they cannot be told what to do and they're never changing or growing, they have it figured out, you need to flag that person. Proverbs 14 verse seven says, stay away from a fool you will not find knowledge on their, on their lips. And if they have a red flag or two, they might need a red card. If you're not familiar with soccer and the disciplinary penalties of soccer, you get a red card, you are off the field. You are out of the match. You do, new, you do not get to play here. Maybe tomorrow you can come back in, but for this game, for this season, for this struggle, you need to go to the sidelines. Who in your life doesn't need to be in the game with you right now? Who in life used to be? And now they just there's too much that is toxic to your potential and the person God has called you to be that you need to just have the have the courage ultimately I would love for you in the right spirit after you pray through it to maybe even talk to them about it so that you can actually be the right kind of friend to them as well so choose your circle because you cannot be passive when it comes to walking in the promised land Caleb had a Joshua and when everyone else was saying doubt, negativity, fear, defeat, they said no, we're going with God, He's able. They got into the promised land with their families and no one else did. I don't know what the promised land looks like for, for you in this season, but I'm gonna tell you for us as a church, we're gonna walk in every promise God's prepared for us. So we're gonna be people of faith that make much of our God, and if there's doubt and negativity surrounding us, we're gonna make little of that. And if you want to be in the promise land, you need promise keepers in your life. People that are there through not just the winds of life, but also through the struggles. That's why we call them kingdom crews. We just call it because it's catchy. This is a crew that's built for the kingdom of God working in your life. This is a crew that isn't about their own little world. This is about bringing more of Jesus into the world. This is a crew built on doing something that's bigger than ourselves, which means we need the right people doing, speaking into our life our life as well, because we're gonna do things the kingdom way so we can experience the blessing and the favor of the kingdom of God. Your inner circle is like a secret sauce to your success. And you need to choose that flavor well. For some of you are one friendship away from the future, move that God's called you to make. One crew away from trying to get honest and authentic and transparent uh, and, and, and start maybe discovering some blind spots in your life that will eventually lead you to the best that God has for your life. And again, the more intense the season, the more intentional the decision. Think about some families, You recently married, you, you might need to not, not kick all your single friends out, you just need to find a, a, a husband and a wife that have served God for a while. Have them Their voice should be louder than your single friends. If you're new to parenthood, you need someone that's done it before. Maybe you're a mixed family. Man, that's such, a, that's such a difficult thing. You need the grace of God. You might need to find another one in the church that's been following Jesus for a decade or two and learn from, from them as well. But you might just be one right decision from changing your life. And listen, this is the sad reality. You might be one decision you're unwilling to make from being frustration or even failure in your life. Because ultimately you become like those you associate with. Everyone tracking with me real quick. What am I looking for? I'm looking for a person that will be a mirror to my mission. They're a mirror to your mission. In other words, they're going to show you where you need to change so that you can become everything you're called to be. Proverbs 20 says, as a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he really is like, who she really is like, is shown by the kind of friends that what? That are around him? No, he chooses. By the friends that you choose, show you who you really are are. So they don't just fit into their plans out of convenience. They're there to hold you accountable to God's plan and purpose for your life. Here's a big one. They can mess with your mess. They know your mess, and they don't want you to stay in the mess. They don't want you to stay stuck in that struggle. They can actually mess with you when it comes to the messiness of your Life, I love how this reads in the Amplified Bible, Proverbs twenty-seven six. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. What's a wound look like? A one who corrects out of love, corrects out of love and concern. But listen, the kisses, the praise, the platitudes of the uh, uh, of an enemy are deceitful. Why? Because it serves a hidden agenda. Just want to keep you the same, trying to keep you small, kind of keep you in the same struggle that they might be in as well. If you have cancer in your body, you don't go consult another doctor, whether it's cancer or not. You go get it cut out. Is there anybody to go around trying to get affirmation for an affliction that you're unwilling to deal with? That is not going to sustain or strengthen your life to deny that there's a problem. We need to go to the place where the wounds are healing because it's a heart that is for you, not just to hold you in the same place that you've been. Third and finally, you need friends to push you into your potential. I say push because you need some hands-on friends. You need some close proximity friends. Iron can't sharpen iron unless there's conflict in there. Sparks might fly, but it's gonna refine you into more. I'll tell you about this platform and this church and our kingdom crews. We are gonna be pushy people. We're going to push back on nonsense of this world, and we're going to push on into being the kind of people God has designed and destined us to be. We will not settle, not that we'll arrive overnight, but we will not settle by falling asleep by living like the world. We're not going to allow the culture, remember the small things of this world steal the fruit of our faith. We're going to push each other into our in Christ potential. Push you back to the principles of God. Push you into the word of God. Not going to let you just whine all day. They're going to help push you down, get on your knees and like seek the face of God. They might push you into getting in a time of fasting and prayer. They might push you into some counseling. Maybe even some therapy because you're dealing with some wounds of your yesterday. They're not there to coddle you. They might be there to correct you. And you need those people in life. And by the way, you need to be those kind of people as well. Quit allowing your friends to dabble in things that are detrimental to their destiny. If you love them, love them enough to speak the truth in love, privately, quietly, prayerfully, with humility. Say, hey, man, I know you think you're looking great, but I can see the real you, and you've got no, you're exposed in this area of your life. Oh, to be that kind of friend and to have those kind of friends proverbs 17:70. a friend loves at all times but a brother a sister a kingsman or her future group a family group a singles group a bible a hope group all of our kingdom crews they're there for adversity it's not just friends for fun times these are brothers and sisters born for battles that we're facing And if you're not in one now, you will be one day, and you're gonna be glad that you chose the boardroom of your life to be the kind of people that are building their life on the foundation of truth, that are building their life and headed in the same direction that you desire with your life. A friend loves at all times. It's great, but there's a brother that's born for the battle, and you need to be that kind of brother, and you need that kind of brother in your life. You need that kind of sister in your life as well. Battle-tested believers I know 13 years in of building this church we've got some battle tested people, some people that have been picked off by choosing the wrong kind of circles and the wrong kind of voices my prayer for you my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit would begin to not just investigate your heart and relationships around you but he would lead you to maybe some difficult conversations or some new revelations the right kind of people again not just because you have some things in common but there's a connection for your calling that you would be that kind of friend as well born for the difficulties so that we can experience the destiny and plan of heaven in Jesus name amen last thought and I'll get you out of here earlier in Luke chapter 5 I talked about the castanet on the other side Peter, who was the expert, Peter who had been doing it all night and hadn't worked, starts hearing from Jesus, and he answered when Jesus says, hey, throw it on the other side. I'm sure Peter's thinking, okay, cool, carpenter, rabbi. Like, you, you don't fish during the day around here. It's not modern technology like we have today. This is a nighttime thing. When you say, throw it on the other side, and he says, master, we've toiled all night and we took nothing, he's honest. He says, hey, Hey boss. Hey chief. Don't you love it when they give you a, a boss? Hey boss. And someone calls you buddy. That's my favorite. Hey buddy. Like I don't know you. We're not buddies, but God bless you. Hey master. We've been doing this all night. But at your word, okay. If that's what you say. I'll try it. At your word, I'll let down my nets. At your word. I'll do it. And that word master in, in the Greek there literally means commander in chief. You're the commander in chief. He's the king. It's his kingdom. It's his words. It's his ways. And they are the only ways that work. If your life isn't working, it might be because you're the master of your own life you need to come back into a realization even though you've tried it in your own ability maybe it used to work for you it ain't working anymore To say jesus if that's the way you want it done that's the way i'm going to do it in our relationships can we not just go the way we used to go can we go the way the words told us to go when we used to participate in little conversations that had no no beneficial value to building up other people when we used to be people that threw shade can we be people that walk in the light when you used to be critical and cynical about things you have no idea really about, can we actually be people that believe the best? If the master is said, we got to choose well and live right in order to experience what he has for us. Can we decide that what he says goes? Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the men at Lansing. I thank you for anyone watching this. I thank you that you have. You have a way for us to walk with you and with each other that leads to blessing and favor and fulfillment. God, I pray over the community of our church. This is not just a group season. Oh, this is what we do as a church. No, we believe that as we gather large and gather small, both of those working together, we're gonna grow. And I pray over our, this season. I pray that negativity, cynicism elitism, some sort of hierarchy, does not exist in the the life of a believer. That we together as a family of faith, that as we gather in groups, Lord, that we would grow, we would encourage one another, we would challenge one another, we would be sharpened. Lord, I thank you that you begin to unlock new doors of destiny, because they might be one relationship away. And for all of us, that we would choose the boardroom, we would choose the voices, we would choose our circle so we could experience the significant blessing of godly community, this where we'd be holding each other accountable and having a blast while we do it. That the both people, camaraderie and calling would come together in the most beautiful of way. And that we would be united, not for us just getting our friend connections, but we'd be united in the faith for the kingdom of God that we're gonna advance together as we grow and mature in our calling and our potential. We're gonna see what God wants to do, what heaven's plans are for Kansas City and beyond to be impacted and unleashed in our city through this community in the mighty name of Jesus. We keep our heads bowed and eyes closed. Peter toiled all night and he couldn't catch. His nets came up empty, but he has a revelation where Jesus is the commander in chief and he's gonna do what he says. Maybe your marriage has been empty. Maybe your career has been empty. Maybe your inner world has felt empty. Maybe your faith lights, there used to be vibrancy, but now it feels empty. Can I just challenge you with the, maybe the thought that Jesus might be around your life, but he's not commander in chief? Or maybe you haven't just done what his word has said. Maybe some people in the room right here, right now, he's never been first in your life just a moment we're going to pray a prayer of salvation it's a prayer of new beginnings with god not a life knowing about god a life walking with god this is the receiving the saving grace of jesus and somebody in the room just like in the first service just like so many last week have never said yes to jesus today is your day this is a moment and decision listen that matters for all of eternity so in other words this is the biggest decision you'll make in all of eternity maybe some of you have said yes before but you're empty right now because he's not been commander in chief. You've not been walking the right way, doing the right thing. It's time to come back home to him going first. And if he's not first, your life will be empty. But if he is first, Jesus understands how to have a full life. He said, I've come to give you a life in its fullest. Your nets will begin to fill up with the goodness of God. Your marriage, your life, your inner world we begin to experience the goodness of God again. So if that is you with no one looking around, we're going to pray the prayers, one big family. The only thing I ask of you is you take an honest assessment of your heart Is he commander in chief? Maybe he's never been, today's a day of new beginnings. Today's a day of a born-again life for you. Or maybe you say, I've said yes to Jesus, but I've gone my own way. Today's the day I get it back in right order, where he's the commander, he's the chief, and what he says goes. If that's you, with no one looking around, the only reason I ask this is just a moment of surrender. It's a moment of humility. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. There's grace for you. With no one looking around, if that's you, they say, Pastor Kyle, today's my day of new beginnings. Today's my day of receiving the gift of Jesus. Today's my day to establish Jesus as commander and chief over my life. Today's my day to put Jesus first. That's you, can you raise your hand? I see one, there's two, there's three of you, four of you, beautiful, five of you in the back, six, seven, eight, wonderful, wonderful. Maybe that's you online. Can we pray together? Put your hands down. Let's lift up this prayer together. Say this from your heart, all together. Come on, church, is the best part. Say this with me, say, thank you, God, for your love for me. It was so great that you couldn't live without me. So you sent your one and only son. You sent Jesus to die in my place. On that cross, my sins are canceled. On that cross, my shame is dead. Jesus, you're alive. I put my faith in you, your commander in chief. You're the king of my life. From this day on, I'm walking after you. Thank you for your grace. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, can we celebrate everybody prayed that prayer? Awesome, I love you very much.